0: All right, we'll take your Bible tonight and go to 1st John chapter number two. We're going to continue on in our journey through the epistle of John, the apostle. Sure is good to have Miss Amy are Schech- here. That's such a habit. <laughs> Gascoigne. Miss Amy, not sure where you are. To the left here, right? Where you at, Miss Amy? Up here. Up here? Hey, there you are. Hi, Miss Amy. Glad you're here. It's a blessing. I'm sorry. Um, God sure has blessed us some, with some wonderful people. Yes, sir. Um, Ms. Amy's here for the funeral tomorrow. I'm just praying God uh, just continues to raise up and he's doing it. He's doing it. He's doing it indeed. I'm grateful for it. Looked up and saw some new believers here that are well on their way to being Juanita Weston type people and Floyd, Floyd six We sure need another generation of them. We really do. All right, First John. Here we go. With chapter two, verse one. My little children, these things write I unto you, that you sin not. He he's, he's wanting them not to. Don't give in to temptation and sin. I'm writing this to you that I might help you, that you wouldn't sin. And then he says this because he knows us and he knew them. And he said, if any man sin, if any man sin, I mean, you're going to deal with it. Right. I mean, even after hearing a message like we heard a moment ago, we're we're still going to we're going to have times when you won't. You're not living in the word. And when you when you don't live in the word, you're going to get in the world. That's how it works. That's how it works. You get out of the word, you get in the world. But if you if you get in the word, it'll get you out of the world. Um." It took God one night to get Israel out of Egypt, but 40 years to get Egypt out of Israel. Because we're full of the world. Naturally, we're full of the world. So he says, uh, but here's what you have when you sin. We have an advocate. We have an advocate. With the Father, how about that? An advocate. Somebody come alongside to help. Somebody take your case. We have an advocate. With the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. Well, who's he? He's the propitiation for our sins. Not for our sins only, but for the sins of the whole world. I wonder what that means. Just exactly what it said. The sins of a whole world. Calvinists say, well, he only died for the elect. He only died for a certain group of people. You know, they didn't read 2 Peter chapter 2 and verse 1 where it says that the false teachers deny the Lord that bought them. He paid the price for them. So that'll just mess Calvinism all up. There's a bunch of other verses too that'll mess it up. Because it's not biblical. All right, we're having a good time already here. Now verse 3, this is our text. And hereby we do know that we know Him. Isn't that good? Hereby... We do know that we know him. Hereby, we do know. Did you know that you can know him? <laughs> if you, if you, okay, those of you that are married, the time of your extended period of freedom was over, right? <laughs> you, know, you, know, you know your spouse, right? You know if you're married or not, right? Hereby we know that we know. Okay. Again, verse 3, look at it. And hereby do we know that we know him. How do you know that? Well, if we keep his commandments. He that saith, remember he's talking about all these claims and then he gives that counterclaim and then the solution, right? He that saith, so here's another claim. I know him. Somebody says, I know him. I'm in a relationship with God. I know him. And keepeth not his commandments. He's a liar. No other way to say it. You say that you know him, but you're not living like it. You're not keeping his commandments. And the truth is not in him, says John. Look at verse 5. But, but, whoso keepeth his word... Whoso keepeth his word, in him verily, or truly, indeed, in him verily, is the love of God perfected. Hereby know we that we are in him. He that saith he abideth in him ought himself also to walk even as he walked. Do you see that? If you say that you abide in him, that's connected back to verse number three. We know that we know him. And, and uh, if you're in him, he that saith he abideth in him. In other words, if you're saved, you ought to walk like he walked. That's what he's saying. Boy, this is some good preaching, good verses right here for preaching. All right, so here's the, the title tonight. The evidence is in your obedience. The evidence is your obedience. You can't say you're right with God when you're doing wrong. You can't say you're doing right with God. You can't say you're right with God when you're doing wrong. Are you living, a, are you living the life or are you living a lie? Are you living the life? Would you, would you please listen to this tonight? I, we're, we're, we're back on this and... Um, This is so important. I, I think we're hitting a very crucial part for our church family. Are you living the life or are you living a lie that hits every one of us? Do you know him? Do you know him? Do you know that you know him? The evidence is in your obedience. May God bless the reading of his word. You may be seated. Thank you so much. Many claim, many claim to be in a relationship with God. If you go out door knocking, which everybody here should, or doing something to try to see lost people saved, I mean, you, you don't have to go door knocking, but you ought to at least care about souls that you work with. And Friend day's coming up. Friend Day, I got to sign up my first Friend Day card. I'm so, I was so excited about that young man that I had met at a restaurant. And, and so I'm going to start, I'm going to go back to all the restaurants I've been going to because I've been working at this. <laughs> but if you, uh, if you talk to people any length of time, then, then you will, uh, you're going to hear all kinds of claims. I've been a Christian my whole life. Hear ever hear somebody say that? I've been a Christian my whole... Obviously, they don't understand If they, seriously, if they say, I've been a Christian all my life, they don't understand salvation. I've been a Christian. No, you you weren't born a Christian. You were born a sinner and you had to be, you heard Sunday night, right? Born again. Okay. I've been a Christian all my life. I've always been saved. You ever heard somebody say that? I've heard people say that. I've always been saved. I've always been saved. I'm not making fun of anybody. It just shows the, 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 um, lack of understanding that's out there. I've always been saved or I pray all the time or or I talk to the Lord every day and maybe maybe people do. I'm not I'm not doubting them on that, but I I'm, I'm going somewhere with it. I talk to the Lord every day. I was baptized as a baby. My granddaddy was a Baptist preacher. My granddad it seemed like everybody had a granddaddy that was a Baptist preacher, right? My granddad was a Baptist preacher. I've been, and then, then you hear something like this. I'll tell you, I've been a member down there at that church for 45 years, right? It's always down there. I've been a member down there at that church for 45 years. Well, that's all good. That's great. All those, not all those claims are good, but, but that's great that you've been a member here. Here's the real question. Are you living like it? I was, uh, I was in a, um, uh, auto store and, and uh, getting getting a, uh, a part or getting a deal that I needed, and and uh, I watched this young man. He's probably 17 years old and maybe 18 years old. But I could tell that he was he was uh, he was kind of trying to fit in with the other coworkers that were older than than he was, and and uh, you know they were using foul language. He was using foul language, cussing, and uh, other customers around. And he was he, I mean he was he was cussing. He was he was cussing. Until I invited him to church. (laughs) Then he started talking about how he went to church. It's amazing how his language suddenly changed. When he found out that I was a preacher down the road here, and and, uh, man, he went to this church. He's gone there all his life. Cussing one minute. Talking about church the next. You know, this, uh, this type of message could easily apply to uh, all kinds of people. I mean, there's all kinds of presidents that have claimed to be born ag- again, claimed to be Christian, and yet vote for abortion and yet endorse same-sex marriage that totally violates the Word of God? I mean, that doesn't match up. It'd be very easy to take a message like this that John has recorded for us, preserved for us, that, that we could read this and see how that, that would apply to people that identify as Catholic, and, and yet, you know, they drink and they carouse, and yet, you know, they do mass and make up for their sins, or Presbyterians, or Methodists, or Charismatics, or Lutherans, or Mennonites, or Amish. I, I just talked to. A, a preacher that had some Amish that did some work, and he said it was amazing. Those Amish, they had on their, on their cell phones, they must have been pretty liberal Amish, but they had on their cell phones secular music, and they were drinking beer, and they were smoking a pipe. We could talk about people that go to life church and, and how that they claim to, to be a Christian, yet, you know, the things that they're watching, the things that they're, they're listening to, and the way that they're living, and, and obviously there's a big, strong mix of the world based in, in all of that, but, but you know, it's really not going to do us a whole lot of good to talk about everybody that's out there. How about tonight we just kind of clear off the spot right here and say, Dear God, well, how about you speak to me, and I want to make sure that my conduct is matching up with the claim that I have, because just you being in church tonight is you claiming that you're a Christian or... Or, or I want to recognize here tonight might be somebody here because somebody invited you and you're here because you need the gospel. You need to be saved. You need to be born again because without Jesus Christ, friend, you listen. The truth is, is that you will go to hell, but he came to pay the redemption price for you. He died on your, on your behalf. He died in your place that you might be saved. There might be somebody like that here tonight. But I would imagine that the vast majority would be those that do identify as Christians and members of this church. But but listen, just because you're here tonight does not mean that that's how you're living tomorrow. Real Christians are desperately needed today. Listen, if somebody accused you of being a Christian, by the way, the Christian means Christ-like. You could be saved and yet not be a Christian in the true sense of the word. Are you following what I'm saying right there? Now, you're saved, you're saved forever, but there are moments in all of our lives when we're not Christ-like. That's for sure. But let me ask you this. If somebody accused you, they were trying to present a case against you that you're a Christian, would they have enough evidence to convict you? Is there evidence that your claim is matched up by your conduct. I I read a quote by by Matthew Henry who said this, what knowledge of Christ can that be which sees not that he is worthy of our entire obedience? I'm gonna run that by you one time. I had to read it three times, so I'm gonna at least read it twice. What knowledge of Christ, hang on, what knowledge of Christ, what knowledge of Christ can that be What knowledge of Christ can that be which sees not that he is worthy of our entire obedience? What kind of knowledge of Christ is that? If you you don't want your life to be totally given to him, then are we talking about the same person? Do you know him? You know, here just recently, as I was getting to know Brother Rick Koontz there in, in the Belleville, uh, Illinois area, we were kind of talking about people that we know. It's amazing, you know, it's just the overlap of independent fundamental Baptist people. We got to talking about somebody, and I, and I thought I knew who he was talking about, but then we got to talking, I thought, I'm not sure if I'm talk- we're talking about the same person. But you see somebody that lives their life in open sin or secret sin, and you see somebody else that's really trying to have a walk with God and, and trying to keep sin out of their life. In other words, like Brother Dylan preached here tonight, they're trying to live in the book. You see two, those two different types of Christians. And we've got to ask the question, wait a minute, are, do you know the same Jesus that I know? Do you both know the same Jesus? Are we talking about the same one, or are you talking about another Jesus? Is this making sense? Are we talking about the same one? Because listen, he's not going to be one kind of Jesus to you and another kind of Jesus to somebody else. Like he's okay with you and your sin, but he's not okay with sin in this person's life. He wants him to live a little bit more of a narrow life. Hey, listen, you're, that's not making any kind of sense. He's the same Jesus. And living a life of holiness and separation unto him is not reserved for an elite group of Christians. It's not just for people that are in the ministry. No, it is for everyday believers to live a life separated, all out separated unto him. And what I'm trying to get across here tonight is very simple. He's worthy of us saying, dear God, I want to live all the way for you. Now I see some people sleeping, wake them up. I know we've already had one service and we're, this is in the second service, but come on, everybody's gotta be tuned into this because I, I can't let anybody sleep right here because listen, there's a world out there that's lost and dying and going to hell and they need to see some real believers. Not fakes, not phonies, but real bonafide, genuine believers. Because everybody can put on a good show, but listen friend, we don't need another show. We, we need somebody that knows him knows him. Do you know him tonight? If you know him, then it ought to show up in your life. And if it's not showing up in your life, then I have to ask you, do you really know him? Number one, are you genuinely saved? I think that'd be a good application of of where we're going here tonight. Are you genuinely saved? I'm not here to question anybody's salvation. i Am not here to make you doubt? I don't like that. I don't like doubt myself. But listen, if you see no evidence, if there's no fruit in your life, then you better go back to make sure that you're in the vine that you're tapped into who he is, that you have been genuinely born again according to what the gospel is. John was dealing with a particular problem here in these believers because there were some that had left their congregation because they had a more liberal approach and idea about what sin was or even that they were sinners. In fact, they, we've seen it. I, I, I'm trying my best here not to, to bog down in just all the review, but, but, but just to, to remember, remind us all about this, that listen, there were some that were saying, hey, listen, I had not sinned since I got saved. Right. You're out of your mind. Or you haven't talked to your spouse lately lately one, right? No, I mean, for real. I mean, it's just bogus to say, I don't sin. Or it's bogus to say, well, that's not really sin. That doesn't count as sin for me. I can drink if I want to. You're lying. You're lying. You're fooling yourself. You say, well, I can watch an R-rated movie if I want to. I can watch a PG-13 really is the old time R-rated movies. Everything's just kind of slid. I can watch PG-13 if I want to. I'm 13. Wait, I'm not asking you if you're 13. I'm asking you tonight, are you a Christian? Are you a believer? Then if you're a believer, then you ought not be watching stuff that's got all kind of raunchiness in it. Well, those music videos, they don't affect me. That music doesn't affect me. What you're listening to, as Brother Brian pointed out in a men's meeting with us, is that it's audio Pornography. The violence, hey, listen, I'm burdened here because I, I saw even this weekend as I was there and I saw them bringing in these young men. I thank God that they're coming into there that church and, and they look like maybe they had just walked off the street and they did. They just walked off the street of East St. Louis, and that's a rough area, but they're bringing those young men in, and they're bringing those young ladies in and listen on Tuesday night, a young lady named Diamond, she trusted Jesus Christ as her Savior in this revival meeting, and she had her little baby on her hip, and that church is taking her in and trying to help this young lady who's a single mom that just got out of a, out of a shelter for abused women, and now she 's she's got a home, and the church is coming together to, together to give her some items to have some furniture. But listen, last night, she didn't just get a physical house, she got a home in heaven. And she got a heavenly father. And she had somebody that'll take her case, named Jesus Christ, our advocate, the propitiation for our sins. Wow. I'm glad he'll take our case. Do you know him here tonight? He says, listen, here, let's quit, let's quit uh, deceiving ourselves. He's saying, he's saying this. Listen, hereby we know that we know him. Oh, oh, there's, there's something right here. We know that's in the present tense. We know that we know that second verb, no, no, no. Are you with me? K N O W, no. Hereby we know, present tense, that we know that one is perfect tense, which means it's an action that is completed in the past that has ongoing results. Ah! (laughs) What does that mean? That means this. That means that once you are saved, you're forever saved. It's an ongoing relationship with Jesus Christ. Hereby we know that we know him. Like forever, I know him. I'll always know him. He always knows me. And if you're saved tonight, he knows you. And your name is written down in the book of life. And it will not be erased. It's there forever. Mercy sakes lot. There's some good stuff in here. Hereby we know that we, that we know him if we keep his commandments. You know what he's saying? He's saying, listen, you don't need tonight to just know the language, you need to know the life. Too many Christians know the lingo. Too many Christians know the language. They know what to say. And in fact, they've even come up with some creative ways of saying it. Hey, we know the language. You know, we're talking about Sunday school knowledge. Many people here tonight have Sunday school knowledge of God, facts about God, knowledge about Jesus Christ. You could give all kinds of verses, but that's not what John's talking about tonight. You need to have that. You need to have that Sunday school knowledge, that Bible knowledge. But what he's talking about is this tonight. Listen, he's talking about a real relationship. Not this you just know facts about him. But listen, do you meet with him in your life? Relationship, fellowship is the word that we've been working on. Hereby, we know that we know him, that we obey him, that we obey his commandments. So then the question comes, okay, which commandments? What commandments is he talking about? Well, okay, wait a minute. Let me ask you it this way. Which commandment do you think he's, no, he's okay with you not obeying? I read after people that said, well, you know, he hadn't really been dealing with with the law or the Ten Commandments. But wait a minute, chapter one, he's dealing with sin in general. Sin, which is breaking of the commandments. So certainly that would apply. And others would say that's probably what he's getting ready to talk about, the commandment to love one another. I think he's just got the whole big ball of wax in mind to say, listen, if you say you are in relationship with him, then it ought to be showing up in your life. And you ought not be okay with sin. You can't be okay with him and okay with sin at the same time. You can't do that. He says, if hereby, are we we doing okay? You're following along with this. Hereby we know that we know him if we keep. And then in the very next verse, he uses the verb keep, garrison, guard, protect, Keep his commandments. That means this, you're not letting wrong things in and you're keeping the right things in. And you're getting the right things out. The commandment to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every, every creature. If we know him and we're following him, he said, if any man follow me, let him, let, let him come after me and I will make him a fisher of men. Hey, how do you know if you're following Jesus? Well, let me ask you this. Are you fishing for men? Are you trying to see people saved? Because if you're not trying to see people saved, you're not really following him. You may be going through some religious exercises, but you're not really following him. Hereby, we know that we know him if we keep his commandments. Garrison, guard it. Faith Baptist Church is near uh, an Air Force base there. I'm forgetting the name of it right now that's in that general area. But nonetheless, they have a lot of military and former military in the church. I thank God for our security. A lot of our security here are former military. Not all, but a lot. But there is a man there that, that oversees the security. And I kid you not, I would not mess with this man. Now I believe he's saved, but he he didn't have a whole big smile on because I mean he was just there, like watching. Well, they've got a lot of homeless that are there. There's a, I mean, it's right on the square. It's on Main Street. It's right where it is. They've just bought building after building after building. And it's right there on the square, and there's a gazebo where a lot of homeless people are, are hanging out, a lot of drugs and stuff like that. And, I mean, this man, when, when, when it was church time, I mean, I thought we were under attack right then. Well, somebody's trying to get in here, and they're about to get it. You know, what, you know what he was doing right there? He was keeping. He, now, he let, he let me in. <laughs> he let a lot of people in. But if trouble came, I guarantee you he was ready to keep it out. That's what this word is. If we say that we know him and we're in relationship with him, then then there ought to be in your life, in your moral life. I'm talking about in your moral life. You've got a moral life. You've got a moral life. You've got a moral code. You you, you ought to have the Holy Spirit of God is there in your life. And and as they say in the sixth grade, he's the guide inside to help us. Then the Holy Spirit of God is there watching and he'll alert you. Don't let this thought in. Hey, don't, don't let that bitterness in. That Bitterness will ruin you. Don't let that anger in. Don't let that lust in. Hey, don't let that lie stay there. You know that's not true. Hereby we know that we know him if we keep his commandments. If we say that we know him and we, and, and we, and we uh, look at verse number four. and He that saith, I know him and keepeth not his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him fooling yourself just going through religious motions okay look you're either here tonight because you have to be here tonight or you're here tonight because you need to be here tonight or you're here tonight because you want to be here tonight you have to you need to how about this level you want to Verse five. Whoso keepeth his word, in him verily is the love of God perfected. What what does that mean? In him is verily the love of God perfected. Perfected. Perfected means matured or brought to completion. Finished. Jesus said, my meat is to do the will of the Father and to finish his work. Finished. Bring it to completion. If any man keep his commandments, let's go back and read it again. Verse number five. Please don't tune out on me here. Everybody still together? Okay, good. Whoso keepeth his word in him and that person, verily or truly, verifiably, it can be measured, it's very real, in him or her, verily, is the love of God perfected. It, bring, it comes to completion. What, what does that mean? Maturity. Because on one hand, you could just, watch this, you could just say that you love Jesus. A few moments ago, you sang in some form or another that you loved him. It's one thing to have feelings about him. It's one thing to sing about him. But watch this. It's another thing to do what he says. That's bringing it to completion. When you get the filth out of your life that does not belong there as a believer, and you know what it is. I don't think I have to go through some big long list tonight. And you know what it is that he wants you to do then here's what happens. If you know him that and you really know him, then you want to obey him. I, I'm not knocking it. I'm not trying to be critical. I, I'm just trying to be perceptive after a little bit of study, but it, 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 even in the, and I love, I love this study Bible, so please understand what I'm about to say right here. I'm qualifying this, I'm prefacing this to say, I love the Thompson Chain Study Bible, it's a very good resource to go and look for cross references. But it, but it had this title, it, it, said it, it said it this way, it said, um, let me get my brain straight here, just a minute. Knowledge by obedience. In other words, it's communicating you get to know him by obeying him. And there's a sense in which that that is true. But really what John is presenting is the other way around. If you know him and you have relationship with him, then you will obey him. And as you obey him, you will love him and want to obey him more. And the more you get to know him, it's like a cycle. Oh, mercy. Is everybody getting this? This is too good for just a few to get this. Everybody here needs to get this. Let's take the sleep check again. Make sure. Is everybody awake? Look around. They got to get this. Everybody awake? In him and that person is the love of God perfected, matured, brought to completion. So if you're not really obeying him, then you're not really growing in him. Look at the next verse. Uh, the last part of verse five, rather. You know what I meant. Hereby know we that we are in him. And it's, it's like he's, he's summing up what he's already said, but, but really he's going on to what he's going to say in verse six. Hereby we know that we are in him. Oh, the theological depth of that right there, that we are in him. That you're in Christ, that you're saved. Hereby we know, know, we that we are in him. He that saith, he abideth in him. I abide in him, you might say. If you're saved tonight, you can say that. I abide in him. I'm in Christ. I'm in Christ. Abiding in John also has the idea of drawing my spiritual strength and resources from him. As the branch abides in the vine. So there's a little bit of that sprinkled in there, no doubt as well. But he that saith, he abideth in him for salvation. He that saith, I abide in him as my source of strength, ought also to walk even as he walked. Well, how did he walk? Separate from sin. You say, well, I, I can't. I can't live without sin. Absolutely. That's why the other verses were there. and We've had already some preaching time on it. Amen. But if we're saying tonight, and we are, by our very presence here tonight, we are making the statement I, we abide in him, then therefore, Southwest Baptist Church, we ought to walk, live like he lived. <laughs> Loving the diamonds of the world. The John 8, which by the way, John 8's in the Bible. Versions other than the King James Bible say, I don't think it's really a part of it. It's in the Bible, friend. John chapter 8 is in the Bible. The woman taken in adultery is in the Bible. And Jesus loved her. And he said to her, go and sin no more. He loved her as a sinner, but he did not condone her sin. We are to walk like he walked. Love sinners. Sinners. I love this time of year because it's like we get a little bit of a revival on caring about lost people and people that are out of church and remind them, oh, there's a great God that loves you and you need to know Him. We ought to walk like He walked loving sinners. We ought to walk like He walked loving even His disciples who had failed Him over and over. And thus we ought to love people that are members of this church who have failed Him over and over. Because dare say that you've probably been at a time in your life when you've failed him. So we ought to walk like he walks, loving people even that have failed him. Walk like he walk. The evidence is in your obedience. So are you, are you obeying him? If tonight he said, you've got some music on your playlist that's got to go. What are you going to do with that? Ignore it? Let this feeling pass, which is called conviction, by the way. If he says to you, I don't want you going to watch that movie. Because of the content that's in it and the association that is there. If he says to you, you've not been dressing right. If he says to you, you're, you're cussing. And you know that doesn't become a believer. He says to you, you've been secretly sneaking off with somebody that's not your spouse doing things you ought not do. You've been looking at things that you ought not to be looking at. You've been gossiping. You've been bad-mouthing. You've been belittling. You've been criticizing. You've been critical. You've been mean-spirited. You've been uh, just negative. Hey, uh, he'll deal with us. Because he loves us. But I, I thank God tonight. And to be honest, just a little bit embarrassed by the emotion that overcame me a few moments ago. But, but not embarrassed at the same time. Because I thank God for the people that have lived in this world. I've got one of the three Bibles of Miss Juanita Weston right here. I don't know if you I mean I realize you don't have it in your hands, but it's got tape across the back of it. Somebody said somebody that's got a Bible that's fallen apart has a life that's not. You can tell right here since she had written in her Bible since 1989. She's read through the Bible every year. She's lived in the Word. So much evidence here. She's got marked down themes that have been preached here. In the book of Proverbs, she's written down when somebody passed away, there's a member of this church associated with whatever day they passed away. She wrote down the name of that person. Marcel Moffat died October the 1st, so she wrote it down in chapter one of Proverbs. I'm gonna name some names here tonight. Georgia Elliott, August 1st. Eldon Langson, February the 2nd, under Proverbs chapter two. Amogene Bandy, Proverbs chapter 3, died on the third day. Floyd Seck January the 5th, 2008. Jim Lewis, October the 6th, Proverbs 6. Alice Allgood, August the 7th. Juanita Fleming, October the 7th, Proverbs 7. Ollie Owen, July the 9th. Willa Holiday, November the 10th. Ira Graham. Shorty Anderson. These aren't perfect people. These are people that tried to live in the Bible. God impacted their life. Marvin Walton, Proverbs 13. Some of these names I recognize, most of them I do. Gene McBee, June 14th, Christine Williams, October 17th. Went through here and I saw all these names. People that have been members of Southwest—it's like, it's like a roll call. It's like a roll call. People that have graduated from here—they transferred their church membership to the last assembly that they'll ever be to be a part of, and that was forever. So I didn't write it in her Bible, but I've got it on a little sticky note here, post-it note. Juanita Weston died. October the 22nd, 2022. By Proverbs 22:1, a good name is rather to be chosen than great riches, and loving favor than silver and gold. What are you living for tonight? Better yet, let me ask it this way. For whom? For whom are you living? Hereby, we know that we know Him. If we keep His commandments, to keep His commandments, you've got to be in the book, friend. Live in it. It'll keep you out of the world. Father, thank you tonight. Our soul has been overwhelmed by your great goodness, O oh God, and the people that you've brought this way, not perfect people, but people that want to walk with you. And they got serious about living for you in their life. They weren't playing games anymore. They got real. And God, you're calling a new generation to take the place of these that have gone on. God, I pray for the families of this church. Lord, the families that many of them, that's their grandparents and parents that I just read their name. Fellow church members, godly people that tried to live for you and live with you. As the new generation of Southwest Baptist Church, we want to commit ourselves to knowing our Savior, I'm thankful that we can, and that it's a personal relationship and not a set of rules. But God, it's a relationship that keeps us from sin. Help us here tonight, oh God. These transitional times, crossroads, that we often come to. In Jesus' precious holy name I pray. Amen. As we stand together, would you join these that have come to the altar tonight? The evidence is in your obedience. Would you look at the evidence of your obedience? And if tonight you can't honestly say that the way you're living your life is reflecting a real relationship with Him, then make sure you're saved first of all. And if saved and you're not living for Him, then I exhort you tonight to repent of that and get right with God. Submit yourself to Him. He'll fellowship with you. You've not gone too far. He loves you. You've got an advocate. He paid the price that you might be in fellowship.